Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks YouTube live show. My name is Aaron, your host for today at the 6 p.m. Eastern Time Monday live show, joined by Vincent on the Slab Stocks Live. Vincent, welcome. Thanks, Aaron. I'm excited. Was this your uh, third live episode or second? Uh, I think Outside it's... of PWCC bidding. Outside of PWCC, probably second then. Yeah, I remember you joined one a few months ago. That was a fun mm -hmm. time. Um, but welcome back, Slab Stocks. Vincent is uh, one of our interns who goes to Penn State. So, uh, Boo Penn State, go Badgers. Badgers top 10 in basketball right now. Just they right, are. one up to number eight. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty pretty crazy. And I want to welcome everyone to the stream today. If you are here right now uh, watching, please drop a comment and say hello uh, because we are excited for today's episode. Um, as you can tell by the title and by what's on the screen, it literally says why we love sports cards. Or why, it says why we love cards on the screen. But in essence for us, it's really sports cards mostly. And uh, a lot of it comes because of some events that transpired over the last week and some change, uh, you know, between the whole Logan Paul case, move into some giveaway stuff that's going on with some breakers, um, and then also into something that happened in Dallas. It's just there's been so much negativity filling up social media feeds for over a week now. And I just kind of sit here this weekend and, and was getting really disappointed uh, just in stuff I was seeing. And, you know, while that stuff matters, obviously – um, it's not why we're here and it's not why you all are here watching. It's not why we buy and sell sports cards or collect them or enjoy them or connect with each other. So I think that today's episode, um, the real basis behind it, we are going to share ourselves, um, why we love sports cards. Slab Stacks, Nate can't be with us today. He was extremely disappointed. I talked to him on the phone today. You know, I tried to see if he could, if he could join, cause it is such an important episode in my eyes, um, today and we'll have him share his story next week. So I'll, I'll give him some time to share that next week. He's actually helping Slabstock Sam move, um, and I know that is important to Nate to to help Sam because he really needs some help. So Sam Dunks, I uh, know he's still out there. He's he's still he's still living, breathing, which is good. But uh, let's get to today's episode on the road. And then also, as we watch today's episode, um, I would ask that either as I go through talking for the next couple minutes, and Vincent does too, or after we're done talking, please, please, please get ready to write your story about why you love sports cards in the comments. Um, we want to get as many sports card stories in the comments as possible today because we will read through as many as possible. And we've got, you know, an hour on this live stream, and I want to get as many comments as possible about why you all watching love them and why you all collect. And I want to share them with the entire Slabstocks audience and uh, everyone that, that listens to the podcast afterwards, everyone that watches the YouTube stream afterwards. And for today's episode, there's no presentation. There's no charts. There's no sports card sale talks. There's no data uh, talks. Um, there's nothing about that today. It's just all going to be about why we love sports cards. And I also want to say, if you do want to hear about that stuff, please come to th Thursday's weekly slide because we'll just pack all that stuff into Thursday's episode. I'm um, talking about different sales that are happening, movement in the market. So it's not going to be gone this entire week, but just know that on um, this episode right here is going to be all about why we love sports cards. So I'll start off and all of you can jump in the comments and drop your stories as we go. And we'll read them off after. But I'm going to just go through this stack of cards right here. I've got a stack in my hand. I don't know how many cards are here. Maybe like 12 or 15 or something. And I'm just going to show each card and talk about it for maybe a couple minutes each. Or like not a couple minutes each card. Half a minute each card and talk about what it means to me. And it also goes in chronological order. The top card that I'm going to show, that's going to be the card that I acquired at the earliest. And what means something to me. And then the bottom card is going to be the most recent card I acquired that means something to me. And I'm just going to give, show them all, say why they mean something to me, and then just do a little wrap up at the end. So first card I've got in my stack is a 1996 Kobe Bryant Topps Rookie PSA 9. Now this card I bought as a raw card when I was 10 years old at a show 
in Bloomington, Minnesota. It's the first card show I ever went to. Went with my dad, um, and I had a, basically a Beckett book this big, and I checked off a bunch of rookie cards I want to get. Kobe is one of them. I bought it raw for a couple dollars, graded it ten years later, got a nine. And along with that, I also acquired a 2005 Topps Aaron Rodgers rookie at that same show. This sat in a binder for over 10 years. Great it. This one got a PSA 10. Hmm. Now, when Aaron Rodgers was... Now, these two cards right here were two of my first cards I ever actually bought because I wanted them in my collection. And I graded them, and I told myself I'm never going to sell them. Now, when Rod, all the drama with Rodgers was happening over the, over the summer, I was really close to wanting to sell it. I knew I wasn't going to, but I was really close to wanting to sell it. But he's came back this year and he's proven why we all enjoy watching him play football. And I... I'm still going to keep the card, obviously. Um, all the cards in this stack are cards I, I never plan on selling. You know, some crazy circumstance pops up. You never know. But I never plan on selling these cards. Aside from the last one, there's potential that that one will be sold for various reasons because of value. But those two cards mean a lot to me because, they're like I said, first two cards I added to my collection in terms of wanting them. Um, and I, I was super young when I added them, too. Next two, I have a Bronson Koenig and Sam Decker auto. These are both numbered out of 25. And out of, well, one's out of 23, one's out of 25. Crack dice, Wisconsin Badger autographs. Both those two players um, were amazing for the Badgers, and I wanted them to be in my collection for a long time, so I bought those back in 2015 along with this dual auto of Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker that got a PSA 7. Um, this is a rookie dual auto on card numbered out of 49, and these are super hard to find, and I bought this before going to school at UW. So these cards mean a ton to me because I wanted to graduate from Madison, and, uh, you know, they remind me of my time at Madison, the basketball I got to watch on TV before going when I was in high school, when we were in the Final Four. And they also beat this guy, Carl Anthony Towns. Now, this is a 2015 Revolution Auto. And this card means a ton to me because this was one of the first big cards I bought at a card show. Um, I'm a huge Carl Towns fan. I actually lived in Minnesota for 10 years and would go to a ton of T-Wolves games right when he was a rookie. And I love Revolution. This card looks amazing. I think I bought it for $250 at like the 2000 and. It must have been the 17 national. I don't think it was the 2015 national. I think it was the 2017. Oh, no, it's definitely a 2015. I for sure bought this one in high school. This was at the 2015 national. And uh, it's got a bottom right corner, like, damage on it, but I don't care at all. Um, Badgers beat this guy, but he's one of my favorite players, and, and I have no plans on selling that. It was sold a long time ago to make money when his cards were super hot if I wanted to. Now, the next one at the time was the most expensive card I ever bought. It's a 2015 <laughs> Bowman Chrome Orlando Garcia Gold Refractor Auto number 50 BGS 9.510. I bought this card for like $350 back when he was a top 10 prospect. I actually bought way more cards than just that. I still have every single one. Um, I don't think I ever sold a single Orlando Garcia Auto. I've got at least like 30 plus probably Bowman Chromes. Um, all, of, all of the colors except for like the orange, red, and super fractor. I was going to buy the super fractor at one point, but figured why would I burn more money on whatever? I built a nice collection of him that I'm not going to sell as is. So, uh, yeah, I got that one and don't plan selling that. This one reminds me a ton of Nate and I's uh, starting days at Slab Stocks. When we would start to cover the Bowman Chrome market, these were the first cards that him and I really collected together because I, I knew Bowman Chrome was valuable. I knew the cards really well. I knew the colors, the grading. Nate knew the players, and he did not recommend me. He would kill me if I told you guys that he recommended me to buy Orlando Garcia. He did not recommend me to buy Orlando Garcia. He recommended me to buy Ronald Acuna Jr., which I did not do. Instead, I bought $350 with – or actually like $1,500 with Orlando Garcia cards. Mm -hmm. uh, next one up here, this is right at the time um, when I actually – Nate and I lived together for a summer, uh, and we would literally just do baseball cards all day, every day. And this Christian Yelich, Super Fractor Auto, 9510. Um, this was the last card I needed in my Christian Yelich collection. It's a Super Fractor on-card auto. 
to, in my eyes, kind of com- complete my journey as a Yelich collector. I haven't really bought any of his cards in a long time. Um, but this one was one of the last ones I wanted. It was a Super Allen card auto. And uh, that reminds me a lot of the beginning days of Slab Stocks, along with this one. Juan Soto Refractor, number 569, PSA 10 rookie. Now, this is my most valuable baseball card, probably. Or at least one of my most valuable baseball car- baseball cards in my collection, because I don't have many. Um, this one I pulled out my first case I ever opened. Back in, this was Christmas 2019. Nope, sorry, 2018. I uh, I think I paid for like two-thirds of case of Heritage high number baseball that I got on black Friday and my parents covered the other third of it is like a $700 case at the time. And, uh, I ripped the entire case and I pulled this in around the Cunha action variation, the exact same box, box number seven. I won't forget box number seven of the 12 boxes, the two best cards in the case. I graded both. And I said, I was going to keep one card from the entire case for the rest of the time. So I kept the Juan Soto and I'm glad I did because the Cunha PSA nine is not worth nearly as much as that refractor 10 of Soto. Um, this next card, this came after I returned from Barcelona study abroad. This is a Bobby Orr uh, auto on card number dot five BGS nine point five ten. I pulled this card on my twenty first birthday, and I am definitely never selling this card. This is by far one of the best cards I've ever pulled myself. I got a gift certificate to Brewtown Trading down the road for me, and uh, I was collecting hockey hard at the time, really hard. I actually think the videos out there on the Slab Sucks Instagram account from like three years ago, and well, two and a half years ago. And I'm gonna go pull that thing out and probably reshare that because I was super pumped to pull this. Uh, 9510 Bobby Orr, one of the best hockey players ever. Uh, that just obviously reminds me a lot about my 21st birthday. This was the most exciting part by far. And then uh, this one right here is is a Super Factor Kesson Hero Auto 1 of 1 PSA 9. Uh, this one Nate actually pulled at Brewtown. He pulled out of a top silver pack from 2020. This is not his rookie card. And he sold this to me uh, when I was up at school at Mass. And I remember he, uh, I think he drove it up to me. And sold it to me for like $300. I really wanted a Super Fractor Hero to match my Yelich. And obviously, Hero has been terrible since then. But uh, this was right when Slab Stocks really started to, I'd say, like take off in terms of a lot of people caring about what we were posting and discussing cards with us. So this will for sure remind me of a time of senior year, um, you know, putting all my eggs in the basket of, of sports cards and, and, and content is awesome. Then this bad boy right here is a 2019 Prism Zion PSA 10. Now, I think this card is not a good investment. I literally would never buy this card. I've never bought one of these cards at graded as a PSA 10. I've never bought a raw base of Zion prism from any set or anyone ever show eBay, anything. I pulled like two, of two of these, uh, two retail boxes. We got for like $70 on walmart.com. One I sent in got a PSA 10. The other got a PSA nine. I sold the PSA nine. I said, I'm going to keep the PSA 10. Cause this will always remind me of the boom of sports cards. When people really started to go off grade cards, like crazy, Mm-hmm. I said I wanted to keep this. It got up to like $800. I knew that the most obvious thing to do was to sell it. I would have sold it if it wasn't for wanting us to be in my timeline of collecting over my life. And uh, then the next one up is a Charizard. This is a shiny PSA 9. Now, I've had a lot of Pokemon cards in my last year and a half of my life. Um, this is the only one that's really going to survive through the end. And this one I pulled out of like my second tin of Hidden Fates ever. It's like in the first 20 packs of Hidden Fates I've ever opened. Normally it takes around a thousand packs to pull this card. I heard and pull this one in like 20 and my friend Oren actually sold me the 10. He sent it to me and, and I was so pumped when I got this, this card, I for sure would have sold for $600 if it's all about the money, but it's not, it's about, you know, my life through collecting. I kept this card for that reason. And funny enough, the day, the night before the Logan Paul news broke on that Thursday. So Wednesday night, I basically went super hard, like in October of 2020, um, 
2020, yeah, 2020 buying Pokemon cards. Um, I just had one of my first surgeries for what I had earlier that, you know, a couple a month ago now. And I was pretty down just because of all of it. And I basically just spent all my time sitting on a couch learning about Pokemon cards because they are starting to go crazy. And I want to learn something new. Um, I love Pokemon the game when I was younger, but I bought so many Pokemon cards. Sent 157 to get graded in a bulk submission that popped the night before Logan Paul news broke. So all my Pokemon cards from October 2020 finally got graded. <laughs> it was something else to look at them. If only that got graded like six months earlier, that would have been way better. But uh, I will be selling all the ones that got graded in the bulk sub. I'll be keeping this one. Uh, to remind me of that memory of, of jumping in on Pokemon cards when they are hot. And then uh, this one here is a Bobby Portis. This is a championship logo tag, Noir RPA number dot five. I just bought this thing pretty recently. Uh, it's got the six-time champion on there for the six Bulls rings, which I think is awesome. It resembles Michael Jordan's absolutely terrific run of 6-0 finals. But more importantly to me, it re represents our one bucks finals. Um, without Bobby Portis, I highly doubt that we make as big of a push to the finals as we did. We might still win. You never know. But he's amazing this year. He's been so good. And I could probably flip this card, but I'm not going to because I really want mm -hmm. good Bobby in my collection because he's been playing so well. For anyone that doesn't follow the Bucks, please go look up his stats. He's actually dominating at center this year. Would not be surprised if he's a long-term uh, option for center for us. And then how can I not include a card that represents the soccer journey for myself? Over the last three years, it's pretty much all I've done is dedicate um, – you know, all my actual card time outside of some collecting pieces along the way, like I explained. Um, Mason Mount Sapphire 101 PSA 10. This hmm. is the most valuable card in my collection. Uh, for those who have no idea about soccer or who Mason Mount is, you might think I'm nuts saying this is the most valuable card in my collection. Um, but I still think it is. He, you know, he's been really good this year when he's been playing. I would say Chelsea's been kind of annoying to watch this year for other Chelsea supporters out there. I'm sure you'd say the same thing. I hope that we figure it out going to Champions League. But he's been really good. He just turned 23, same age as me. And uh, this card I acquired at a pretty tough time in my life. And this was like the shining light at, in the tunnel that was like, dude, you're going to make it through because this PSA 10, Pabradash and 101, I never thought I was going to see it again after I saw it pop up in February. When it popped up again, I bought it because I knew I'd never see it if I didn't buy it there. And I'm one card away from the rainbow now for that set. So. You know, financially, that card's so expensive. That's the one card I'm saying that I might sell one day that I just can't hold that thing if Mason Mount goes off in the World Cup. And, you know, if I do acquire the Rainbow, probably going to be a set that I submit to auction someday. But uh, as for now, it's sitting in my collection. As for all those cards, the reason why they mean so much to me, other than that just they're really cool pieces of cardboard, literally the last 13 years of my life can be described in this stack right here. And that's special to me. You know, that's something I couldn't have without cards. Um, I've been doing this like over half my life, been doing slab socks for the last three and a half years of my life straight. And, and that's just why I love cards so much is because I can capture my entire life and my family's, you know, role in this over the last 11 or 13 years, just right here. And I think that a lot of people can say the same thing. I don't think that's just me. Um, but, but that's why it matters so much. I mean, these are cards I'll never sell. Like this Rogers right now is a thousand dollars. Can I use a thousand dollars to go make 2000 on a different card easier than this card? Probably you know, it's a pop 2,250 card. Like I don't, I wouldn't exactly see investment potential in that card, but it doesn't matter to me because that's a card I bought when I was super young at a show and I love it. Um, I see people are commenting some of their takes. I'm going to let Vincent go ahead here and, and give his take and then we'll just start reading off people's stories. So please, please prepare your story if you have not yet and start commenting it. Um, otherwise you can flood the comments after Vincent's done. Then we'll start reading through my already. So we have some cool. 
Um, I was waiting for the mound to pop up, Aaron. I was like, I was like, that's got to be in the stack. I mean, yeah. I remember, I remember when you acquired it. I remember talking to you about it. So. I texted you right away. I was like, Vincent, yeah. I needed this, man. Yep. No, that was awesome. I was excited for you, and obviously, don't have any stake in it. But um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, I kind of I commented on the uh, the post today on Instagram of like why I love cards or just why cards are important. And like the biggest thing is like the relationship with my dad. Um, he got me into it super young. Uh, he collected all throughout his life unfortunately the bulk of his collecting came during the junk wax era so we have like mountains and mountains and boxes of um very useless cards but there's a couple of good ones in there that i've picked through like tony gwynn rookie cards and wade boggs like i've picked through them and and then we have them in like a uh, little one touches now but uh just like collecting with him it's always been something that like we can do together we can talk about together um whether we're like together or apart um i'm so glad he got me into it at like a very young age um, so that's pretty much the biggest part about why I love cards. Another thing I kind of talked about was like the relationships you make with people. Um, so like the relationship with you, with Nate, like your family, Oscar, his family, all the people you mean at the shows, um, that I've been to with you guys, like those relationships, like wouldn't happen without cards, obviously. Um, so extremely grateful for those and, and we'll always be grateful for them. Um, I even meet people, I have people, uh, our students at Penn state, that see that I'm like working with slab stocks and they're like kind of like closet card collectors. Um, and they text me and they're like, yo, like I have this cool collection. Like they text me their collections and it's 10 times better than not my collection, but they don't tell people that they uh, collect cards. So it's kind of cool. Like seeing people at Penn state and then meeting up with them and talking about them um, with them at school. Um, but yeah. And then in terms of like some of my favorite cards, unfortunately I don't have my cards with me at school. Um, I keep them in a uh, protected case at home that I don't, really like to travel a lot with. Um, but I do have a couple of pictures on like my Instagram feed of some of the cards that I'll talk about. So I'll just like put that up to the screen, I guess. Um, also probably won't be able to go chronological like Aaron, just because it's kind of hard to spitball it off the top of my head, but yeah. uh, a couple cards, like, again, like some of them are really valuable and some of them aren't really valuable. Um, one of the first cards that comes to mind and it's kind of fitting with like Ben Roethlisberger playing last night, his, uh, his last game was, Oh, thanks. Got the Instagram up. Tell me um, what it is. Uh, this one actually isn't on my page, oh. but if you want to pull up the Jeter SP, that was the yep. second one I was going to talk about. Uh, but yeah, so the Ben Roethlisberger card real quick. Um, I think I was like six or seven years old. So it was like 2006, 2007. It wasn't his rookie year, but the local hobby shop that I was at had some like packs from back in 2004. I think it was like Panini certified or one of the sets like that. Um, it was like one of the very first like memories I have of cards. I think my dad probably had me do stuff before that, but it's kind of like the one of my first memories because um, I remember we visited my grandfather who was in the hospital and we picked up a couple packs on the way and then like opened them in the hospital with him. And I pulled a Ben Roethlisberger, like number to 10 patch rookie patch. And like, I saw that card. We'll never sell it. I don't even know how much it's worth to be honest, but um, that's just one of the first cards I remember. Um, that's my first kind of like memory, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, second card I would say is this Jeter SP rookie. Um, huge Yankees fan. My dad's a big Yankees fan. He's from North Jersey. Whole family's Yankee fan. So by default, I'm also a Yankee fan. So my PC is pretty much Yankees. Um, my dad has a ton of Jeter stuff um, from when he was a uh, not a kid, but like when he was like in his 20s, 30s um, that he collected. And he had a feeling about Jeter when he was younger. And I'm glad he did because now he has like every single Jeter rookie card. And um, this SP card was one that um, we actually never or he never was able to get. He got one on eBay once, but it came with the foil all messed up. So he had to send it back. Um, so we never got it. Um, but then like. 
I think back in like 2019, kind of kind of when cards were starting to get hot, but not like it was in 2020. Um, I said to him like, "Hey, like let's buy one. Like let, let's get one to add to our collection." We like went 50-50 on it, um, and we found like this BGS eight and a half had decent subgrades and looked nice, and we got a really good deal on it compared to like now. I mean, the price we paid for it is pennies yeah. compared to like a price that did reach. It's gone down a lot since then, but yeah, um, never gonna sell it. Like wasn't wasn't to flip. Um, it was just it was kind of like the uh, the missing piece, like you talking about the yellow super factor. Yeah, um, kind of a missing piece. Uh, then the next card, I think it's on my page too, is the the trout update. Um, I think it, this one's wild. There I think it it's, I think it's down lower. I think I posted it before. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So this card, I remember again. My dad and I we go to Target a lot when I was younger. This is 2011, obviously. So I was 11 years old, and uh, we're in Target. Bought tons of tops update packs and and series one and series two, and we did it for a ton of like five six seven years we did that probably spent so much money on cards and don't have a lot again i have my own boxes of just like useless tops flagship cards um but i've told aaron the story before we pulled the like pulled this in 2011 out of a 299 actually probably was even a dollar 99 probably wasn't even as expensive as it is now pack from target um my dad didn't really know who he was i had heard of him through like an mlb like pipeline price story or something again i was only 11 years old but I was like, oh, like I think this guy's gonna be pretty good. He was like 18 prospect. So I put in a one touch. That one touch, like right there. <laughs> I have no idea why, because even Aaron said Vincent, this card was 25 cents when it came out. Yeah, it was, I have it was no a quarter. Idea. No idea why, but that is the same one touch from 2011. It has never come out of that one touch. Um, it went straight from pack to top loader. Like I know everyone puts it on eBay, but that's actually like a legit story. Like I put it right into the one touch, put it in a box. And yeah, I mean the rest is history. Like he's one of the best players. You still haven't gotten this in grade yet, right? I still no, I did not get it graded. I I need to get it graded. But again, it's like one of those cards where like yeah, if it gets a ten, it's maybe like three k. It was up to like five k at one point, but I don't know if I could ever sell it. Like, yeah, see, but if you're not gonna sell it, I mean, eventually someday it might be smart just to have it in case and stuff. Yeah, that that is probably a good idea. I, I do need to just do it. I mean, I still have a. So my dad actually bought from for my birthday last year. My birthday present was to send cards into PSA a twenty card submission. Still haven't got that back yet. So, <laughs> um, so it's almost my birthday this year. It's in ten days, and I still haven't got my sub back from my last birthday. Uh, but I digress. That's <laughs> that's, that's crazy. Story. Um, and then yeah, I guess like one more card that I can talk about. It's not on my Instagram page, um, but it's a. Uh, I, I didn't mean to post it. It's a uh, 1996. I think it's a Leaf Mariano Rivera rookie card autograph. Um, not again, not like a super expensive card. Obviously, I'm a Yankees fan. He's probably the best reliever of all time. Um, unanimous Hall of Famer. I uh, love Mo. I watched him in 2009 with the World Series, and like I always remember that. Like I remember like keeping score on like an actual playbook or scorebook, um, and him coming in. Uh, but I acquired it. I just bought it on eBay. Um, but like kind of a unique thing about it is I remember the guy I bought it from on eBay. Um, he was going through a tough time or something. I, I don't remember exactly what. It was something with his family, but. I remember him like we went back and forth like haggling prices and both were respectful to each other. And then I remember when we like finally figured out a price that we wanted to to agree on. Um, he like sent me a message after the transaction and just like told me like how grateful he was. He told me the story of what was going on in his life. I can't remember it uh, right now, but he was going through some hard times. And he told me how grateful he was for like people like me. And I was like, wow, like I was just negotiating with the guy for a baseball card. 
Um, but it made an impact on his life. And, and it's something I always remember to this day. Um, and again, like I was literally buying a baseball card on eBay, but it, 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 uh, it meant something to him. And because of that, it means something to me. So again, another, a card I'm never going to, um, sell, but something I always remember is like that exchange, uh, cause it, it can help people sometimes. So, yeah. And that's a good point. You know, really quick. I also received like an email like that one day. It didn't have to do with me buying a card more to do with slab stocks and, and the content we yeah. share. And mm-hmm. I remember someone sent us an email. It was very long and, it was basically the guy saying that, you know, our content plus sports cards save this guy's life and give him purpose to feel like he could own a process in his life and make a change. And it was really crazy to see. And I don't think that stuff like that doesn't happen um, unless sports cards are a thing, obviously. And, yeah. and it's just amazing. So I, uh, Vincent, thank you for sharing all that stuff. I want to make sure that you got your chance to also. And yeah. uh, at this time, I know we got some to read through right now, but please everyone fill up the comment stream right now. Um, with why why you love cards why do you collect cards what's a favorite memory of yours if that's what you'd rather go with um, whatever it is please drop a comment in the stream live and we're going to start to read them off and uh i'm excited to see top? what people have to say yeah we'll start at the top but uh really quick someone said how awesome it would be if we got surprised sam dunk's appearance in the stream <laughs> sam dunk's is awesome i do not think i'll be able to make an appearance today because i know he's moving his entire family to a new location right now um yeah. but it'd be cool to have him back someday i know he'll be back someday all right, so let's start at the top. Midwest Ripper said hi. Midwest Ripper said hi earlier. Uh, if you're still here, hello. And uh, global sports car investor Vincent's got the first one. Yeah, uh, he said I love the community that collecting uh, sports cards brings. I totally agree with that. That's kind of what I was talking about, like meeting you, meeting all the people at shows, meeting Oscar, like all all the people. Um, it's, it is a community. So some people will forget that sometimes, but. Uh, John then said, got back into sports cards during the pandemic by joining an MLB 21 Twitch streamer, uh, Ansel Armstrong, and he did a break, and I pulled a Bowman, Jason Dominguez, and Blue Sapphire Lou Bob debut. Sometimes it's just that one thing that gets you hooked. It really is. Uh, there we go. You got that one. Yeah. Um, LaDainian Thomason tops chrome refractor. That's nice. I, it looks. He said he's got factor dents. Um, that stinks, but I don't know if that's something that he would want to sell or – it's kind of like the cards that we were talking about. It's like you pull them when you're young. Yeah. Obviously, he's yeah. a whole gamer, but uh. that's from Leland. Uh, mm-hmm. Next up, Michael Brown said, "Frank the Tank, yes, sir, Frank the Tank Kaminsky." <laughs> but uh, East Coast card collector pulled a Sidney Crosby Young Gun out of a five dollar dollar pack at the convenience store next to my house when I was a kid. Man, there's nothing better than being a kid and pulling a card that just gets you excited. It doesn't matter if you know the value of it or not. Um, I will say one of my earliest memories of sports cards also kind of coincided at the same time with the Kobe and the Aaron Rodgers rookies. Um, when 2008 Topps football came out, that was the first product that my brother and I ripped together at Target. Went through a ton of blasters of it because Brett Favre was on the cover. We just moved to Minnesota. I vividly remember there being like moving crew at our house and we're sitting upstairs in the closet opening these blasters. And I pull a Matt Ryan 2008 Topps rookie, but it's not his base rookie. It was like the no helmet short print. I tell you, these things are freaking rare. Like, there's like mm-hmm. one. There's like one on eBay, I think, when I looked last. And it's That's too cool. expensive that I didn't want to buy it. But I don't have it anymore because it's the first card that made me understand the value of sports cards. I remember getting it, and I could go, and I went and looked in my Beckett magazine, or, or I had a really thick book, too. I don't mm-hmm. know if it was in the book or the magazine. And it told me a thing like book value, $30. And my eyes lit up. I'm like, dude, you're telling me this card's worth $30? Like, what else is out there? So we went to the okay. show. I ended up trading it. I'm not sure what for. Maybe it was the Rodgers and the Kobe. But uh, either way, just that's the card that really got me just sucked into it, like heavy. 
That's funny. I remember like looking at old photos of like Beckett's with like the 52 mantle and like the book value was like 1500 bucks. Like those, those old Beckett books are funny. I had a ton of them. Um, yeah. But uh, Midwest Ripper, the reason I collect is to bring back memories of collecting as a kid and then trying to get your favorite player, your favorite team. I totally agree with that. I think another cool thing about cards too is like, this kind of applies with soccer for me, Aaron, is like it gets you into other sports. Like, yeah, like you can collect your favorite player um, of whatever team you root for, um, but it's kind of cool to like get other favorite players almost. Um, so like for me, like soccer, I got in, Aaron got me into Mason Mount. So I have some Mason Mount cards, but then also Vinicius Jr. Uh, I love watching him play and he's, he's doing well. So like it, it feels good to like see him do well. And then also I'm a big Joe Burrow fan from back in LSU. So I root for him, even though I'm also a Raiders fan. So this weekend was tough, but um, I hope they win the AFC now. So it's another cool thing about cards. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I mean, without soccer cards, I never would have gotten this into soccer. Like, I'm literally wearing a Chelsea sweatshirt that I wear all the time. That's pretty because cool. Because cards got me so deep in. I'm going to England in a month from like today pretty much to go watch all these soccer matches and connect with um, English you know, people and, and go and trade cards out there and stuff. It's going to be amazing. I'm going with my mom. I'm just so excited. And no, never would have happened without sports cards. I mean, I've, I've been to Europe a couple of times now, and, and I definitely want to go back to London without soccer. But – like it's definitely what's pulling me back there right now, and 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 I absolutely love it. And it happens with everything too. Like, cars just give you a reason, in my opinion, to just like get vested interest in new things. And it's so much fun learning new things. Yeah, you know, I'd never have learned this much without cards. I I don't know a whole lot about other stuff in life, but but cards is the one thing I can say I know a lot about, and I love it. Um, this is fun. Uh, my story is Sam Dunks brought me here. Long live Sam Dunks. Well. If you stumble upon Sam during the pandemic and he brought you here, I'm very glad you're here. I know he's not here producing videos weekly anymore, but uh, I appreciate y'all sticking around. And uh, Leland says that Porter should get most improved votes. He has been great. I totally agree. He is he is something else. Uh, Greg says he's trying to acquire a Lando Norris card. I guess I have to learn to be patient to find what I like. It's a very good point. If you don't know if you want something or not, and you're like, eh, I don't really want to spend the money, just wait for something else. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times a new card pops up. I forget about that other one that I looked at that I didn't buy, or sometimes there's a card you didn't buy, and then you have to go back and meet up with the guy that called for sparking a lot. That did happen recently. Uh, but it uh, it just makes sure that you are comfortable making purchases, I will say. Yeah, next one, Mr. Card Collector. I think this is two parts. But he said, one of my earliest memories of collecting cards was with my brother taking me to a local card shop back in 2004. And with that, is still around to this day with the same owner. And he purchased me an MVP LeBron. And I think the second part of it is while we were there, we did see a gentleman ripping SP basketball tins with Kobe on the cover that were very valuable at the time. And I'm sure still are now. So that's cool. Like our hobby shops, my local hobby shop, unfortunately, had to close um, when I was younger, but I got a good amount of years with it. And I like always remember, again, like going there with my dad or it was always like a treat to go there. Um, so those stores can hold like special meaning in people's lives as well. Right. I agree. Josh, very simple here. Cards mm -hmm. are fun. I think that's a great point. I mean, I know that everyone kind of has their own, you know, vibe with cards, right? Like Nate's isn't exactly the same as mine. Like I've lived and breathed cards for the last 13 years of my life. Nate got into it heavy, I don't know, five years ago or so because, you know, he came to me with some baseball info. We, I started talking to, him about, talking to him about cards. But he he obviously knew what cards were before. They collected as a kid. So I meant saying to him again. But he's it's not as intense as me. But um. I think in general, everyone that kind of does it, there's people obviously that came in in the last year and a half who are gone. Uh, I can't tell you the amount of people I've seen that were previously 
buyers and investors in this came into cards. I'd say probably sneakers before cards, and then yeah. coming to cards, and then after cards, it's now NFTs and crypto and all this other stuff, Top Shot, whatever it is. Um, and they're out of cards now. And there's a lot of people who also stayed in cards. So this is not to say if you came from sneakers or you're in cards that I'm like, oh, bad. No, I'm not saying that. I really do enjoy everyone in cards, whoever you are. Um, it just has to do with the people who just are on to the next thing, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. The cards might not necessarily be fun for them. It's probably more the money that was fun for them. Yeah. But um, generally, if you're in cards now and you're engaging daily, it's because they're fun. And I think that that's the biggest point. You know, for myself, um, sometimes I get, you know, it's all I do. And sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I'm just I'm just so tired. But it's not necessarily because it's not fun. It's just because it's so, so much hard work that goes into it. Yeah. Next one, Aaron. I mean, you might want to talk about it because it looks like he's been talking to you on Insta. Yeah, right? Patrick. What's up, dude? Uh, got back in the cards 10 years ago, organizing all my dad's 80s hockey cards. And now I'm buying all the Blackhawks PMGs I can find. Aaron, we've been talking about this on Instagram, LOL. Uh, by the way, I snagged the 2010 green that sold a few days ago. Not the one last night, the one on auction. Oh, you didn't even tell me that. Mm-mm. <laughs> well, I told you I was bidding on the one last night and you didn't even tell me you bought the other one. No, I'm That's hurt. Just, just kidding. I'm sure you're holding back that info for a reason. <laughs> yeah that's it looks like another two-parter which is kind of funny at the end so east coast card collector cleared my walmart out last christmas of mosaic basketball for the purpose of flipping ran into a father and son looking for mosaic early in the day got in tough with them and told them uh that i'd sell them uh the boxes at walmart price the father bought one mega box for his son at christmas and then christmas morning he pulled a lebron genesis that's funny. That's I feel like that's just that's just always how it works. Um, yeah. But well, I'm sure that was like a moment between the two of them that they'll never forget. So like that person, whoever East Coast card collector is, provided that memory. So no doubt. Jordan says, "I'm just here so I won't get fined." Well, Jordan, why don't you drop a comment and tell me why you love cards? Otherwise, you might get fined and time out. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Also, shout out to the Bucks. Um, the Bucks started 30 minutes ago. And right now we're up 24 to 15 over the Hawks, who we eliminated from the Eastern Conference Finals last year. If any Hawks fans aren't here, I'm not sure if you forgot, but we did beat you in six games, two without Giannis. So <laughs> nice. Hopefully there's no Hawks uh, um, Brooke, Brooke Peterson says cards are a way to follow your favorite teams and players and take some of the nerdiness and make it cool. LOL. Plus, Stocks suck. Cards are cool. Oh, I have to. I have to disagree with that. I I like stocks and cards. Cards are definitely cooler, but I think if you get into stocks, it can be really fun. I've I'm actually like agree with Brooke. Thing. I'm gonna agree with Brooke. Cards over stocks, but that's, I've also that's all I've done really. So I don't. Yeah. I mean, I I have participated in the stock market and back when I was like a sophomore in college, but I found it not that interesting to myself compared to cards, and I just went yeah. all in on cards. Great yeah. idea. <laughs> Great idea. Definitely. <laughs> Peg junk slab socks got me in the soccer cards after being a casual fan. Well, hey, that's awesome. Nor I feel like for myself is like I wasn't a casual fan. Casual fan. I knew a handful of players. I mean, I knew more than I think like some people know, which is like literally like two Messi and Ronaldo. But um, oh, that was me. <laughs> it, it definitely definitely made me into a way bigger fan, and I'm waking up to early mornings to watch some of these matches now. It's it's awesome. It's very awesome. Yeah, it looks like. Uh, Leland had another comment. So I got into cards as a kid. Uh, he liked looking at stats on the back and then go to the fantasy season. Uh, now I do my high stakes, make a few thousand every year for, for from season long. So that's nice. So card knowledge helping out with fantasy football. Never, yeah. Uh, I, that, hey, that's one of the biggest reasons why I got into cards too was because of fantasy football. Um, okay. Sixth grade, I started playing fantasy football. That was like, 
a year right around when I started to collect cards really hard. And mm-hmm. I, I would just learn so many players' names by opening packs and looking at the players' names, reading the stats on the back. And that's really what got me like even more into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just saw another one from JM1231. I liked it. He said, I'm a diehard sports fan. Got into it three years ago, collecting my favorite teams. Then I found Bowman Prospecting, which I'm a big fan of. And, and Nate, obviously, and Aaron used to do it. Uh, to be more fun, in his opinion. And now I'm very into that, especially with the Mariners PC focus, which is sweet. Uh, I love Julio Rodriguez. I, I wonder if uh, JM1231 has any J-Rod. But Oh, I'm sure. Speaking, I'm of, speaking of Julio, that was a guy that Nate was like just so, so on the money about with me. And I ended up buying a, a base and a refractor auto, and I am flipping them like pretty soon for some good money, like way back in 2019. But yeah, I like him a lot. I, I picked up that Bowman's best BGS 10 auto at the National that I'm pumped about. I can't yeah, remember, I remember you got that one. It was really cool. I always, well, while I'm not really into Bowman Chrome prospecting anymore, I'd have bought, you know, four slab stocks, the Franco auto PSA 9 through PWCC auction in October, and then a Jason Dominguez auto nine five recently. And I just get that little like, Oh man, this kind of makes me feel like I'm in, like 2017 Bowman, again. Bowman's fun. <laughs> Prospecting is it's dangerous, but fun. Yeah. Can't I mean, it. I'll pick and choose my spots with it. Like I don't foresee my, like, man, I, I swear I had 70 autos of Jesus Lazardo, 60 of Forrest Whitley did really, really well. And them, graded all, a ton of them, but uh, I can't see myself going back to that, but it was, it was quite the time. It really got me into it. So I can tell you that much. Um, yeah, this is tough, Peg Junk. The tough part is now trying to get some of my PC cards graded. I will tell you this. I clearly, clearly, if you have been following Slapstacks for the last like couple months now, we have a partnership with SGC. Um, if you all follow us back nine months ago, you'd say, no way will these guys ever partner with SGC. <laughs> like, holy cow, SGC probably dislikes these guys a ton. But it's for a specific reason why I was upset with some decisions that were made in response to what PSA did. It was not, not anything about their grading, um, their quality of grading, resale value, any of that stuff. It really just had to do with the price like that took place. They took that back very quickly. Um, I think, cause they kind of heard the community's response, um, including I'm sure some of ours. And from there, when we started to do more research into it, we did a huge live stream on a Monday where we compared all the different grading options for like a Lamella ball, 2020 prism rookie, we at that time were like, well, you know, we're going to send in a test to SGC. I sent in a test to SGC two years ago. I like the grading. The resale value just wasn't there two years ago. Now it is 100% there. There are a lot of cards getting graded by SGC. And I will tell you, for PC, it is such a good idea to grade at SGC. It is so expensive to grade at PSA. It is not worth it in any regard. And I've been grading a lot of PC cards with SGC. I've been grading a lot of different cards to sell with SGC. They've been doing very well. I have a few cards going through the PWCC weekly auction. It just kicked off. Um, a couple days ago now, and it ends uh, on Sunday. We'll be doing a live stream here on Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Hopefully, I'm happy, by the way. I'm going to the Packer game on Saturday night. And mm-hmm. thank God it's on Saturday night, by the way, because I can actually go. Um, And, man, I'll be very disappointed in that stream if the Packers lose on Saturday <laughs> night. But we, we will not lose. We will not lose. This man right here, Aaron Rodgers, will bring us to another Super Bowl, please, and win. Uh, but, yeah, basically what I'm trying to say is that, speaking from the heart, it's not to say this at all. Really, at Slab Stacks, we create all of our partner content, you know, autonomously. We create all of it with our thoughts and everything. And I think SGC is a no-brainer to get, especially now with the, I don't know. I keep on saying, I, I, I can't go there because this card stream is about why we love cards. As, tune into the weekly Slab on Thursday, hear more info about grading because I don't want to rant about that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we'll touch on that on Thursday. 
Um, All right, what do you got here? We got a few different ones. Ian Pope's in different comments too about different questions. Okay. Yeah, we got like a quick baseball one. How do you feel about Jazz Chisholm or Brian Hayes? Which you prefer? Um, I don't know. I haven't really looked into either of them a lot. Nate would probably be better. I I know Cabrian Hayes is pretty good. Um, yeah, I, Nate. I would say like just from a quick guess, Nate would side with Cabrian Hayes. I don't want to yeah. speak to why he would. He wrote an article on him like three years ago though, and really hit the nail on the head. He's yeah. pretty much a. He's really good defense, and he's got a high floor. And yeah. um, now he's starting to hit the ball well. Jazz, I feel like, is like very exciting and a little bit more risky. Like could strike out a lot, but could also yeah. like pop off. So uh, we'll see about that. And yeah. then also one more sports question is one is Garland going to get some hobby love kid just got player of the week on a bad back. Yeah. I posted about him the other day. Go check out that post. People are really loving Garland though. I'm sure in due time it'll, it will happen. Mm-hmm. Brooke is back with another one in Canada. We traded hockey cards. And it was all about getting the cool goalies with the best gear and mass. So much fun <laughs> spent at tournaments training with kids from other cities in between games. That's awesome. My, my brother would love that. Um, my brother plays goalie and, and, uh, He's all about the gear and mass. I'll tell you that much. I'm not surprised at all about that. I used to play hockey when I was younger, too, going to tournaments. Bubble hockey was the thing. There's this arcade in Milwaukee, like an 80s arcade that I go to like pretty frequently. Now it has bubble hockey, and I am still a whiz at that thing. Um, ask my family. Ask my girlfriend. They they do not win. Actually, I lost a couple of times. We don't speak about that. Um, all right. Go ahead. Yeah, next one from Greg. What would be the first advice that you give to someone who's just getting into collecting or investing? I mean, I'm sure you have some, Aaron, I guess – the first things I would say would just like have fun with it. Um, Cause that's like what cards should be. It shouldn't be like stressful. Um, and then also like use money obviously um, wisely. Like don't use money that you're going to need to pay your bills or to pay for a present or whatever in the next couple of months. So just be comfortable spending um, what you do so that it doesn't become stressful and stays fun. It's a great idea. point. I'll add into this. Cause I think this is a good question. Um, start low, build up from there. Yeah. You know, I, I know that I've been able to build a nice collection now. I know when I post some cards on Instagram, they're you know they're pushing multi thousand dollars sometimes. Sometimes I try to mix in some couple hundred dollars here and there, even some ten dollars. But uh, <laughs> that didn't happen overnight. Like I, you know, I've been collecting for thirteen years now, and it took a long time to build up to this. So uh, you know, you can go big to start, but be very careful because so many mistakes can be made. I've made an insane amount of mistakes over the last thirteen years, but the only way I'm able to make good decisions now. It's by learning from the mistakes. So you got to be okay with making mistakes and learning from it. It's very easy to give up right away because you make a mistake and you don't want to give up right away if it's something you're actually passionate about. You know, for some people, I'm sure they're not. So it's easy to give up when they make a mistake, but I always was. So I kept on pushing and I'm glad yeah. I did. Uh, next one real quick. I'm guessing this is about the LeBron Genesis to the kid, the box they sold. So that's funny. He runs into him and still talks about it. That's Hey, and when you're waiting for cards at Walmart now, at least you have someone to talk to in, in, a, in a funny story every time. So. That's good. Joseph, a quick advice here. Sell early on prospects if you have volume and you'll make money. Also, if you're flexible yeah. and you have multiple cards of a player, no shame in selling some early, some middle of the way, some yeah. all the way when they hit their peak. You know, I always think it's best to hedge bets along the way. Yeah, Bowman's very cyclical too. Like it's pretty easy to figure out in terms of like call up, minor league performance, and then major league. So Yeah. Yeah. Also, one of the worst decisions I ever bought was buying a 2015 Bowman Chroma Med Rosario Auto 9510 when he was like the number two prospect before call up. <laughs> this was back before I really learned a lot. And I was like, it's probably like a $200 card, right? It's cheap at the time. Now, if you have a number two prospect 95, you're spending thousands. Um, yeah. But yeah, I probably lost like a hundred and some dollars on it, but it was yeah. just a bad decision that's, to buy it right before call up. That's pretty funny, Aaron. Like, real quick with Ahmed Rosario, my dad and I, we bought two. Um, hobby boxes of 
Uh, what year? What year was his rookie year? 2015 Bowman Chrome. Yeah, what what's his top's rookie year? What's his uh, 2018, 2019? 16 probably. I'm, oh, no, sorry, 17. It's 17 or 18. Probably okay. 18. I think it's 18. No, I don't think I – No, I don't okay, know. Well, either I either way, I, me and my dad, we bought two hobby boxes. First – or two jumbo hobby boxes. First time we ever bought uh, like jumbo hobby boxes, tried it out, got them on tops again before cards were crazy and you could actually buy stuff. Um, and it was cheap too. And we pulled two uh, Ahmed Rosario like – 1999 black autograph card rookie cards and obviously didn't know much about them looked them up and we're like oh like it might be good and now it's turned out to be a bust so we were like wow. <laughs> yeah, the exact same card in both hobby boxes and we're that's like, crazy that's, that's like i opened two tops deco back boxes last week and i pulled two ryan graven out of the two boxes that we had one out of yeah. 49 one out of 10 purple yeah and they're both uh redemptions too which is funny that's funny jm got a good amount of j-rod and green first auto and gold shimmer first on my best but harry ford is my new Dang. obsession is that the catcher for the pirates that new guy yeah i think that's the new that just got drafted yeah at least there is a harry ford that just got drafted because nate and i talked about him i remember um, you guys talking about him. that's the only way reason i know yeah yeah, uh, Ethan, for me, collecting my PC players, Griffey Jr., Barry Sanders, MJ returns me to my childhood. Certain cards aren't just works of art, but are also snapshots in time, 90s refractors, and rare inserts. I love that. The snapshot in time thing means so much to me, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking through. JM says that he's gotten too pricey now. J-Rod has gotten too pricey. Uh, Peg, yeah. thanks for watching that video. Jordan says, Aaron, can you show which cards you have in the auction? Jordan, I'm going to show that in Thursday's Weekly Slab. Um, Thursday's week, we're going to have a segment where we're going to talk about the cards that we have in the upcoming PWCC auction that are selling, and then also the ones we're going to be, or some of the ones we're going to be targeting on Sunday night. Um, so t- stay tuned on Weekly Slab. It drops at 6 p.m. Eastern Time on YouTube and podcast, and you can hear it and see which ones um, we have going this Sunday. Um, Joseph says, I'm cracking every SGC t- I ha- 10 I have to PSA if the price drops to 30 per card. It's more about value over the long term. I... 30 per card is is quite difficult. Also, SGC 10, I would not probably give up that grade to get potentially a PSA 9 and then to have your card sit there for a long time. I mean, it's just not worth it in my mind at all. Obviously, it also depends on the card. Yeah. Um, Leland said, who do you think can reach Acuna, Tatis, Soto level? I'm thinking uh, Luis Robert or Tucker. So I'm guessing he's saying people in the league now. Uh, Luis Robert, he's I like Luis Robert. I have some cards of his. He does too. I mean, Kyle Tucker – He's a good player, but I don't know if he's got like that it factor as, as like an Acuna or Tatis or even Soto. Um, so I think Luis Robert maybe uh, or Robert. I don't know how to say his Robert. Name. Oh, is it Robert? Okay. Yeah. I've heard some people say Robert. I don't. Right yeah, that would be Nate before he knew. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought I thought it was Robert. Um, but I think out of the two of those, I'd definitely say Robert. Um, so would I. But Wander Franco is probably the best chance of anyone. <laughs> That's what I was just about to say. I think Wander Franco. And then in a couple of years, when uh, Jason Dominguez comes up. <laughs> Bobby Wood's got a better chance than Dominguez. Yeah, he plays in KC though. That's, but, that's a but bad market. To I will play. tell you this: is if Dominguez does like have this insane year this year, stuff's gonna go through the roof. Yeah, they are. And I say that with having a Bowman Chrome auto of Dominguez. So I don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to talk up buying his cards. Yeah, I, mean, I have Jason Dominguez stuff too. Because I'm, 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 I'm not. I don't even. He obviously had a terrible year last year. In the, well, it's risk. It's risky. Yeah, look at Anthony Volpe. If he has yeah, an Anthony Volpe season, yeah. If he has an Anthony Volpe season, he's already starting at a higher level, so it's going to be exponential. Like you, yeah, you can yeah. see it. Bobby Witt, same thing. Julian but, says, "Sorry, yeah. everyone. Niners are going to bring it against the Packers. I sure hope not, man. Bosa might be hurt. We got to stop the run so badly. If we lose yeah. a fourth straight playoff game to the 49ers, I might never watch a Packer game again. I'm yeah, just they are, they are your kryptonite. That's for sure. They are for sure." 
Um, but last time that we lost them, they were 49ers were definitely the better team. And yeah, uh, they we were couldn't stop the run. But I think our team is so good this year, aside from the run defense, which is okay. It's not the worst. So yeah. we'll see. Um Bishop is up. Is it your turn or my turn? I think it's mine. Uh, you can go through it. Yeah. My know. story. Open my first box of soccer cards ever. Mosaic pulled a Robert Lewandowski auto. One out of two, then open my fourth box ever and pulled the Robert Lewandowski. You pulled the one out of two and the two out of two of Lewandowski autos? Uh, and got a 10-10 on both of them? What? <laughs> what are the freaking odds of that? That's kind of funny. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. That is literally insane, Bishop. I cannot believe that he pulled the one F2 and two F2 auto. That had to have just been like a pack out air where like both of them got stuck in the same case run or something. Because that is crazy. That's pretty funny. <laughs> what value would he put on a 2003 stained glass gold LeBron 95 true gem uh, mint? Can't find any sales and someone trying to trade it to me. Brooke, hit me up on Instagram after this. We can DM me at Slabsocks there and I could help you better than right now. Um, then last one, I'll let you read a story here. Let me just pull this up quick. Giannis or Jokic, who is better? Giannis for sure. No debate. <laughs> Never lost. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, all right, let me see. Right, here we, here's a story. Um, Dylan Callow, I think I'm saying that right. So got into hockey craze in 16 with McDavid playing. Bought my first ever hobby box, 2015-2016 Series 1. Pulled a McDavid Young Guns, numbered to 100, then was hooked. Met so many new friends and got great cards. Yeah, that, that's awesome. That's, I don't know I don't know hockey too much, but I'm assuming the number to 100 is – what kind of variation is that, Aaron? Do you know? That is super good. That is the UD exclusives of 100, and there's like only like two or three numbered cards in Young Guns. It's the high yeah, block. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of young, numbered ones, so I was interested to see. I didn't know. Dude, this, this this card is insane. That's pretty sweet. Well, then, yeah, I don't know if he'd ever if he's a McDavid fan, that'd be tough to sell too. But that's a pretty big pull. I mean, we're talking the last PSA ten sold for forty grand in October premier auctions, estimated by Carl Letter fifty four thousand right now. Ah, so maybe he might want to sell that in case he wants to like buy a house or something. Julian, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah, Julian was responding to Brooke for the LeBron gold. Stained glass and said Carlyer estimates a card at 1730. Most recent sale I can find is from April 2021 for 1426. Nice. So that's great. The Carlyer estimate value really helps a lot. I will say I did say we're not going to talk about sales data or charts, but I will pull I will respond if people ask questions on them. Um uh, quick yeah, quick clarification here. So Henry Davis is the Pirates, so that's who we were talking about. Harry Ford is the Mariner, who's also in the same uh class. But. Yeah. That I heard Henry. I I or I guess Harry versus Henry, not even the same person at all, whatever. Yeah, no, we, we both messed that up. And then uh, Lil Bry, speaking of Warner Frank, who's coming to Top Series 1. Yep, I'm excited for that. Uh, obviously, Nate is so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm excited too. I haven't, like, I'm a big baseball guy, so I, I haven't, like, gone to Target in a while to, like, try to get cards, but I probably will try to get some hangers of that if, if possible here in State College. And obviously his bases probably won't sell for that great because it will just be so many of them. Yeah, but refractors and and or not refractors, uh, foils and um, golds will be very nice, very yeah. good this year. Justin, have you done any analysis on what an SEC gold pristine ten sells for compared to PSA ten ultra modern versus modern non base? I have actually made a post about Otani as a top scrum oh, yeah. top scrum debut um, of Otani SEC gold ten versus the PSA ten. I can't remember what the values were. Um, but I'll tell you this much pop report for the gold label 10 is so small for like yeah. every card. Very it's small. like one or two for some of these modern mm -hmm. base cards. Like Russell Wilson's, I think was one for his 2011 top yeah. rookie SGC so 10. Tough to get data. Yeah. Like even yeah. like PGS black labels have more than. I think I've submitted like 
probably close to 75 plus cards SGC in my life. It's been probably like 20 back in 2018, mostly hockey. And then I submitted at least 50 recently. And mm-hmm. just sent another 35 in yesterday. And I haven't only got one gold label. And it's on an upper deck canvas card of Braden Point rookie hockey uh, young guns. And those canvas cards are actually pretty easy to grade because they're just the, the material is just like so sharp on those cards. Yeah. And other than that, never got a gold label on any other card. Um, yeah. They're very tough. Brett, good to see you at the Oak Creek show too. That was a super fun show this week. And got some awesome buys all pretty much around their way at SGC right now. Aaron, what's your take? Jimmy G cards making a comeback after the win this weekend? Uh, well, if he goes back to the Super Bowl and loses, man, I could see a short-term pop, but there's no long-term prospect with Jimmy G at all. There's yeah. none. Didn't you? You had a cool story with Jimmy G, right? Wasn't that that was Jimmy G, right? They had the yeah, yep, the yep. Auto. So I had the Luis Luis Urias one of one Super Factor Bowman Chrome Auto, mm-hmm. got a PSA eight point five or eight, uh, eight point five maybe, um, and I traded at the 2019 National. That was before he was a Brewer. Um, I was a fan of him as a prospect. He didn't play as well at the Padres to start. Had a crazy offer on the card to sell it. Didn't take it because I want to bring it to the Nationals. Kind of worried that was my first big transaction back in 2019. Like I got offered like four thousand dollars for the card. That's a ton of money in 2019. Like we're talking, yeah. that's probably if you buy the right card today, that's pushing like forty grand today. If you buy the mm-hmm. right card, and I traded it for a Jimmy Garoppolo one of one immaculate logo shield auto. And a Luka Doncic exquisite rookie auto one of one, which is probably now pushing like seven plus thousand dollars. And I traded the Jimmy or the Jimmy G. I traded for a Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield Prison Blue Shimmer Auto number out twenty five BGS nine point five. And I also I traded the Luka straight up for Luis Suarez. I oh I totally blew it. I forgot to include that one in my stack of cards here. That Luis Suarez Eminence. Barcelona La Liga patch auto game use was my first ever soccer card I ever got. I trade for it, the Luca for it at the Nationals, the first ever soccer card. And that should have been in the stack. I put the Mason Mount here to represent the soccer card collection, but that should have been along with the Mason Mount. And uh, I actually think I have the one deeper right now just to see if anyone ridiculous offers something ridiculous. Not $7,000, I can tell you that much. Um, and then I ended up trading the Baker for a John Rant auto blue in Dallas in like in March when the Basketball cards are way too expensive. Couldn't sell it. Sold it for way too low. Did you go buy? I think my Mason Mount, Pat Pradasha, one of one. So all kind of worked out, but definitely did not work out the trade when I traded away the Luca. Yeah, that is rough. All right, you got some more here? Um, Yeah, I'm assuming this Bishop is – this is about the Robert Lewandowski card. Yeah. So he had no idea what he had. That's funny. And then hold on YouTube Live. Had no reaction to it and then because he didn't have a clue about soccer. That's kind of funny. And then I think he said somewhere down here that both of them are – uh sgc 10 out of 10s that's pretty that's pretty awesome so i mean you got you control the market with those two so um, jordan had a question aaron what's going on with the eminent soccer break great question jordan we're in the midst of actually planning and executing that um i'll have more information on that in the near future um but we're still we're still planning on getting that done and then leland uh have adrian beltray bowman rookie with no name on front can't find sales of it not sure how to value it i have no idea either about that one uh Bishop, wait, did you already pull up this? Yeah, Talk I did. He says, yeah, both great by SEC. 10-10. JM said, I was in Wisconsin, this, in Wisconsin this weekend for a funeral, but I had some time to hit up the Oak Creek Card Show. That is maybe my favorite show I've ever been. Dude, JM, did you see me there? I was there for like three hours that day. It's not that big of a show either. 
But I will tell you, that show is packed. Man, there were, that was the most people I've ever seen at a local show in Wisconsin. Um, and it was a good show, too. I bought probably like 15 cards for awesome. They're awesome prices, and I'm grading a ton of them. I hope that they turn out good in the grades. But that's so funny you were there. And I did say hi to, to a lot. A lot of people came up and said hi, but I'm not sure if – I don't think I met you. Yeah. Um, Patrick O'Connell, what would a card's resale price have to be for you to send a raw card to PSA over SGC? Um, uh, I think it all depends on like the tier, right? It depends on the grade. It depends on the card. What am I grade? Yeah. The potential resale value of that card. I mean, for me, it's there's cards over a thousand dollars. I would send a PSA. There's also cards over a thousand dollars. I send to SGC. It just depends on the card. Yeah. Um, I'd say anything under a thousand dollars. I'm pretty much sending to SGC, unless there's a specific reason why I'd send it to PSA. It's just so expensive to grade with PSA. And if you send send in for a hundred now, you're gonna wait so much longer, yep. and you can get so much more of your money sent to SGC. Like. You know, you send one to PSA for 150. That can be five grades to SGC, which you can make more on in a shorter amount of time and flip them faster. Just for makes sure. way too much sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's the story. Oh yeah, you click it. Uh, John G says I'm hooked. Dale Hunter bought Family House when I was a kid and got to meet Gordy Howe when I was nine, and he autoed his themed Franklin mint plate. Any idea of the value? I'm not sure, but that's <laughs> really cool that you got to meet Gordy Howe, Mr. Hockey. That's wild. Really, really cool. Uh, who who should we be looking at for the upcoming World Cup? What players have a chance to blow up? Justin, really, it's like anyone. Um, I would say you got to do a good amount of research into that to go and figure out which players are going to actually be appearing in their national teams, what what teams are actually going to make the World Cup. Um, It's hard to condense that answer into the time we have remaining. Um, And also, I don't really want to push anyone in one certain direction. Yeah. But uh, definitely go hit up at SlabSexFC on Instagram. Uh, Julian, who is in the chat, runs that page. I'm sure he's going to be posting some different things about different players as the World Cup approaches, or you can send him a DM and he might respond with some names. Yep. Uh, I think we only have one more comment. It's just from JM about uh, the the show this weekend. So. Didn't see uh, was there quite early. Got a huge lot of Bowman first mojos. I was sick. Really down-to-earth friendly people there. Yeah, there's a lot of really nice people there. I mean, the show was all aw- I didn't meet anyone who had as oof, I don't know about you, but uh it was very fun. And uh yeah, I got there around like 10 30, 10 45 or so. Now we are closing down this stream pretty soon here. Uh Bishop said, What do you guys think the value is? I can send picks as well if you need them. I I have no idea. Number cards number out two can can do anything crazy i mean the best thing to do would be look up what the base sells for and definitely expect a substantial amount more than that yeah that'd be my 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 best guess i don't know if the sgc 10 would bring too much premium because of how rare it is and given that you have both actually um it's <laughs> Maybe funny that enough, but, yeah, both. <laughs> i will say to close out today's show so we got a couple of minutes remaining i just want to say you know there was a lot of negativity this last week i think this episode is very refreshing i was really excited to do this one i'm glad that all of you all came and shared your story i'm glad that vincent came shared his story we'll have nate share his story next week on monday um but something i noticed a lot is even through i put up a post similar to this on instagram this morning it's very interesting to see how people engage with content that's focused on positivity versus focused on negativity um you know we put up videos about the logan paul case put up some posts about some other things uh to story posts and i got way more comments than ever on the negative things just mostly because we're reporting on the market and have to report on stuff uh, objectively um, then posting on stuff that brings positivity to the marketplace and people that, and don't get me wrong. There were plenty of people who were excited to share. There are plenty of you that came today to share. And I do thank you all a ton for coming and sharing that stuff, but I will, it's just very, I guess, uh, not, not, I don't want to say disturbing. It's just, I just wish that more people would be so 
quick to jump in and share positive vibes with others versus negative vibes. And it has nothing to do with anyone in the stream or anything or just the car market as a whole. Sometimes I've seen people really get caught up in, in, in drama and, and that's what happens. And it's okay. You know, some of the stuff has to be said and people need to know, but you know, from there we got to be quick to move on and to understand why we really are here. And it is because we like to have fun it is because we like to connect with others. It is because we like to collect cards, buy cards, sell cards, watch sports. Um, that's why you're here. And that's why I think that the car market is going to be around for a long time. No matter what happens with digital assets, they're a completely different ball game. I think that they're both going to live together for a long time. Cards are not going away anywhere. You can see the type of money that's being spent. You can see the type of excitement people have when they get cards in the mail. And um, it was a really, really great way to kind of get past, I think, this past week and weekend and move forward. Because I think that's what we all needed. And I'm glad that you all were here for it. Yeah, for sure. Any last thoughts, Vincent? No, I think you summed it up well. Um, it was good to have an episode like this, you know, something off the, the normal uh, track of like reporting and more of just kind of uplifting. So yeah, for sure. you told me the, the topic of the show. So yeah. And, and that doesn't mean that report market reporting and values are going away. They're not Thursday's yeah. weekly slab. We're going to be doing plenty of discussion of pop reports, shift in market values, trends. Just please come to th and watch Thursday's show. And also shout out to, uh, Patrick said 64 people in here and three likes like the video and help these guys get their content out to more people. Patrick, I appreciate that a lot. And Brian, shout out to you for the super chat. $5. Thank you for this. Uh, we will send that money to Camp Kesson to help send even a, a very small part of a kid to a, to camp <laughs> um, for free. But we'll send it over and uh, appreciate that a lot. Yeah. And right, uh, I think that's all we got. TM said, great show, guys. Totally agree with that, Aaron. Well, TM, thank you for coming. That means a lot, too. And I appreciate all the DMs recently, too. I think that was you with the hockey cards, right? But um, that's it. That's it. Go on, go. Oh, and also I should have said it earlier, but a uh, happy MLK day. I uh, cannot speak enough about what that does for, for all of us sitting here. Um, I think that him and Jackie Robinson, I mean, just super inspirational. I have a Jackie Robinson vintage card in my collection. It's my only vintage cards. And I'll never sell it. I didn't put that one in here. Oh, how's my Hank Aaron rookie card and I in here too? I don't know how that. Oh man. I, <laughs> really quick. 1954 Hank Aaron PSA three is my favorite cards in my collection. For the reason that, that was the card that as a kid I want to get someday. Ever since I was 10, I wanted that card. There were always a couple hundred dollars for PSA three, four, probably in that range. And I ended up going to the 2019 National with the sole goal to buy that card, bought PSA three for fifteen hundred dollars, never selling that bad boy. Um, that was definitely the card that, you know, as other people was like they had to get the 89 Griffey or the 86 Fleer drawer and 54 Hank Aaron is my card for sure, being a Milwaukee Brewers fan. Um but yeah, that's all. That's all I got for today's stream. That's it. Just make sure you come back to uh, weekly slab 6 p.m. Eastern time. Not live show. It will be pre-recorded and posted. But 6 p.m. Eastern time, as always, on the Slab Stacks YouTube channel. Uh, Vincent, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. Man. Enjoy MLK Day. Enjoy all the basketball today. Uh, go Bucks and go Badgers tomorrow. Number eight in the country. Penn State stinks. That's all I got to say. <laughs> See everyone next week, 6 p.m. Eastern time, Monday YouTube live. <laughs>